In the name of Jesus, Amen. amen. You shall have no other gods. This is the first commandment, and Luther says that this commandment means that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Now, that's a pretty broad explanation, isn't it? To say all things. What does that exactly mean? Is God really all that concerned about those little things? Doesn't he know not to sweat the small stuff? Even big things. They shouldn't trouble the Lord either. Isn't God bigger and stronger and already above all things? Also, what's with all this fear, love, and trust stuff? Why does God care about how we regard him? He's God, after all. He shouldn't really care what we think. Or so that's how we sometimes think, isn't it? But just think about this, rather, from a different perspective, a different angle. Imagine a parent saying the same thing about their children. If a parent neglected their kids because their problems are too small, or consider their lives less important, we'd be inclined to call them a bad parent. You'd probably be right. Fortunately, the father is not neglectful. He is above all things and has in mind what is good for each and every one of you. So, as Martin Luther puts it, we should fear, love, and trust in him above all things. What do you fear? What do you love? What do you trust? If it's not God above all things, then you have, let's say, for instance, made the fear of death your God, or perhaps the love of money your God, or the trust of other people, or even yourself your God, or fill in the blanks, would you, for whatever you might fear, whatever you might love, whatever you may trust above the Lord. Consider truthfully how you are tempted to fear, love, and trust in something else. Luther's explanation is actually quite helpful for us when he says, above all things, anything, everything, and nothing are after our fear, love, and trust in God. Think of it this way. Do Christians fear anything, love anything, or trust in anything? Do we fear everything? Do we love everything? Do we trust in everything? Do we fear nothing? Do we love nothing? Do we trust in nothing? All things considered, the Christian must be prepared to encounter a world where anything goes, everything is up for interpretation, and ultimately nothing matters. So when Luther writes that we should love, we should fear love and trust in God above all things, we are talking about how we should regard the Lord despite the way the world views our Lord. The first commandment receives its primacy naturally, its place first naturally. If fear, love, and trust do not reside in God, then we too cannot reside with God. If all things were created by God and all things good come from God's gracious work of salvation, then repentance and faith and not pride and not unbelief will be our joy above all things. This is why repentance is a vital part 
of our life as Christians. Repentance is a fear, a love, and trust in God whose blessed end is faith, a faith above all things, and a faith firmly placed in the one true God. An example of this comes out of our passion reading this evening in the Lord's Supper, about the Lord's Supper, that the Lord's Supper is life for the Christian, a giving and pouring out of Jesus' own true body and true blood for you. And in this holy meal, Jesus promises those who receive the supper receive also the forgiveness of sins. So the Lord's Supper is a gift of repentance from Christ. It's no symbolic act or mere sacred tradition. Jesus' body and blood is as real as the bread and wine, as real as the cross he dies on, as real as the death he rises from, as real a gift as fear, love, and trust that belong to him and is given to you is above all things. From the first commandment comes all the rest. Alongside that first commandment go the second and the third, as they in particular address the way that God loves you and you in return love God. And we've learned from our text, from our catechesis, to have no other gods and that the subsequent partner commandments agree that to have no other gods is to not misuse the name of the Lord your God, but rather to keep, to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. This means that when we consider how the commandments are fulfilled in the love which Jesus establishes for you in his body and blood, we find something quite amazing. God's love has not changed from when he gave his commandments in the time of the Old Testament to the time of the New Testament that is, in fact, established in Christ's blood. God's love for you is the fear, love, and trust in him above all things. God's love for you is his name to call upon in every trouble, to pray to him, to praise his name, and to give all our thanks. God's love for you is hearing and learning from the faithful preaching of his holy word, from hearing Jesus. It's when you neglect the Father's love that you make another God of something else or someone else, end up misusing his name for your own purposes, and finally forget altogether the worship he wants you to remember is for your rest and for your peace. The Passion reading tonight calls us to remember the God of our commandments and especially the Christ of our Holy Communion. In Holy Communion, Christ calls you to remember him as he remembers you. He remembers you as the dear child he loves and desires to give good gifts to. He remembers you as the dear child he wants to feed and wants to nourish with food and drink that belong and bring us into everlasting life. He remembers you as the one whose sins he has died for. He remembers you as who, the ones whose sins are forgiven and life is set free to both love God and to love neighbor. In the Catechism, the word love sits between fear and trust. This is the life of the Christian, to fear the judgment of God over sin, but to also trust that that judgment over sin is paid in full 
by Jesus Christ in his redemptive love for you, for your household, and for all the world. Above all things, this is the way of God's love for you, his dear children. Amen.